Why did you decide that the donation model was the best way for you to, uh, to continue this work and to release this information to the public? So why the donation model? Um, I, there's actually there's, there's two reasons. The objective reason, the sort of the intellectual reason, is that the kind of work that I do, the research, the testing, the trying to figure out how materials actually behave, that when you do that, not as a fee for service to manufacturers, but when you just simply just go test it because you want to, um, it's a pure play. It's it's intellectually it, it. I'm completely independent to test as I see fit and to publish as I see fit, because I'm only asking for donations. Now that's the objective answer. The emotional answer I think for me is that. In some ways, I felt that I don't want to get donations for what I will do for you down the road, that I will test something in the future for you because I want donations to fund future work. I actually want people to donate for the work and the value they've already received. And that just feels more comfortable and more right for me. So on an emotional level, I feel like I don't want donations coming into Ardenburg because of something we might promise you or we will do down the road. I want I, I, for people to donate, they, I want them to feel that they already received information that is of value to them. So it's, it's both objective. It keeps me free of any kind of entanglements that would cause me not to be able to tell you the truth exactly as I found it. That's the objective part. The emotional part is I, I want the donations to come in because of what you have already learned, what we've already been able to, to help you understand, as opposed to sort of forward thinking, I if, if you donate, I will do something. Or if you subscribe, I'm going to be giving you future information because you've subscribed. So the donation model is, is, I just think it's the, just the perfect match for what Ardenberg does. And I, every time I think of, attempt to think of any alternative way to monetize all this, I just come up with, no, the donation model is the right, it's just the right thing to be able to let me just do the work completely independently and tell the truth. When information is being given on products and and how they perform you know the old superman model able to faster than a speeding bullet able to leap tall buildings in a single bound you know you, you you're trying to put the best foot forward but in that process you're you're trying to shape and sculpt the message as opposed to just laying it out there the way it actually works and so I just want to be able to share the information I learn about the way these materials behave, the way the, so that printmakers and photographers who can acquire the data from Ardenberg know that there's, there's no other, there's nothing else behind the, the message people should know because it, it's very easy to look at this kind of information 
as a winners and losers situation. You know, there are winners that are better and there are losers that are doing worse. But I don't actually look at it this way. That's not where you're coming from. No, it's not where I'm coming from. I simply want to be informed so that I, as a collector, when I when I move the hat from printmaker to collector, and I go, okay, now I'm the person who's bought the print or I've been given the print. How do I take care of it? In that regard, I would much rather know that this is, say, a 10 megalux rated system that I have to be careful about because it's actually delicate with respect to light fade, light fastness, um, and compared to, say, another thing that gives me more degrees of freedom. I, I don't have to worry as much about how I display it because it's more robust, it's stronger, but the fact of the matter is it's not that I, w- that I wouldn't value and highly appreciate the supposedly lesser system as opposed to the one that's more durable. It's that if I'm informed, then I can make very informed choices about how, how I will display it. So, and I don't, I personally do use some print media that don't get the highest score. This is not a race to the top any more than it's a race to the bottom. It's where is it and what does that mean for how you will care for it? So in that sense, I just don't think there's winners and losers here. I think that it's about being an informed collector. And, and that's, that's why I want the information. I want to know how it's going to age, what it's going to look like at a given point in time with a certain amount of expo- light exposure on it. And if so, how will I care for it to make it last as long as possible? And in that sense, the collector has a huge say in the longevity of, of any print system, even the most delicate system. If, if you'd like a good example, there are, I don't know exactly, I haven't, I haven't looked at it recently, but there's probably no more than a dozen extant copies of Henry Fox Talbot's The Pencil of Nature. This was a book that he put together in limited edition with tipped-in salted paper prints before they fully understood how to fix them. So they were sort of stabilized. So they're vi- if I were to put that in an Ardenberg test, it's going to get like a 0.5 megalux hour rating or 0.2. It's, it's going to be right at the bottom of the deck. And yet there are a handful of them that have survived for 150 years because people quickly realized that they were light sensitive. Therefore, they didn't just put them out on display. They kept them in the book format. They kept them stored. And certain major museums and archives managed to collect some copies, knew how precious they were and how fragile they were. And so we've managed to care for them. And um, would you say I'm not, I don't want, if you gave me a pencil of nature copy, would I turn it down because it's getting a low conservation display rating from Hardenberg? I, I, it's, that's not the way we need to think of this. We need to think of it is that we're being, the, the, the goal of Hardenberg is to give people, you know, an honest assessment of, these durability factors, particularly light fading, because that's obviously an important part of continuous display. Um, But we're starting to branch out and look at other things like the airborne contamination and 
and we're starting to get into things like phenolic yellowing and, and, and things that can go on that have nothing to do with light facets. And we're tracking, and we're tracking real samples in real-world storage environments over long periods of time. So we're going to gather information on thermal aging, uh, humidity, uh, fastness, and so forth. So it's, it, it's not solely about light facets. But at the end of the day... When I do all this under a donation model, then I'm just completely free to objectively lay it out there without any conflicts of interest from marketing models, sponsorship models, and I'm not trying to give that information based on future work that we will do for you. It's it's really about what we've already learned and what we're already sharing.